Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Tonight is the night you've been waiting for. There are two bulls down, and we have a lot of very cool stories to tell, so stay tuned for the recap of the 2021 elk season. Two bulls, Josh. Crazy. It's crazy. Oh. I think this is exactly what we dreamed about saying. So we're really fortunate to be sitting here having this discussion. Seriously, so grateful. Like, I'm just like pinching myself. Like, did this really happen? Did we both get bulls down this year? Wow. Pretty cool. And the, the best part of this whole thing, too, is it's, there's still a few days left in season. And this conversation is like multiple weeks old so <laughs> we got got bulls pretty early on too which is pretty awesome yeah super cool it's so unreal just to look back on like three years of work to lead up to that one moment and all the way from that year you suggested i go to colorado solo to get yep. a scout and then the next year we got to hunt a little bit i hunted a little solo didn't make it happen and then for it all to come together this year and the way it did Wow. Yeah, was really cool. And yours too. Oh my gosh. So early. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Uh, some crazy stuff. So we're not going to spoil the, uh, the exact how or what kind of bulls they are, or, you know, what, what happened. So if you want to listen to that, you can stay tuned for the story, but uh, man, I guess we, uh, I guess we should dive right in, huh? Yeah. So what was it? September 3rd, we went in something like that. It was, it was the weekend of Labor Day. Yeah, that was the first weekend we went. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a bit funky. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. People know I live in Idaho. We're hunting in Idaho. I've been over this hundreds of times, so I actually think it's easier to kill an elk in Colorado than Idaho. <laughs> but somehow people think Idaho is magic, probably because all the the big name guys that podcast are in Colorado and they want everyone to come to Idaho. They should go. They should go to Oregon, right? That's where Cam yeah. Haynes is, right? Right. I don't know. Yeah, he kills. It's a really lot, funny right? to me. <laughs> guys are all complaining about how Idaho's horrific and it's shut off all elk opportunity, and yet the number of elk tags they've had for the last fifteen years has been the exact same. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on these days with elk tags. But anyway, long story short, we're hunting in Idaho somewhere. In Idaho. <laughs> um, and so the season opened, what was it? It opened like on a Monday this year or something like that. Yeah, I think Very. the 30th, right of August. Yeah, because they don't do, they do calendar dates, not like first weekend of or whatever mm -hmm. that was. So obviously Josh and I have day jobs, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> we had to go up Labor Day weekend. So I think we were both like working uh, in the town nearby uh, that Friday so like mm -hmm. we were both in coffee shops and like hanging out. And um, fortunately, we both managed to get up pretty early because we were wondering if we were going to be able to pack in that night. So uh, I think we were up there at like three or four in the afternoon, actually. Yep. Four, three, yeah. I think I got in at like three o'clock on September 3rd, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So it was awesome because uh, what, what did I tell you the week before? I was like, door shuts and you leave 10 minutes into it or something. Pretty, like, <laughs> pretty adamant about it because I thought I'd be pulling in at like four or five and mm -hmm. like, I want to get up to where we can hunt that night you know like yeah losing one night of hunting out of a weekend is a big deal mm -hmm. um, so we were all we were pretty much prepped and ready to go so we actually just hung out and saw D alias D and some another guy and just hung out for like 
what, 30 minutes before we went in because we had extra time. Yeah, yeah. And actually, maybe we should give people a little bit of insight into our preparation. So like going into the season. So like mm -hmm. at that moment, how did you feel prep wise, fitness wise, mentality, just what was going on in your head uh, when you pulled up that night? Yeah, no, I think it was a, that's a really good question. And I think I was feeling pretty good. I mean, it's, it was funny because I've shot the bow less, a lot less now that I live out here. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of other things to do. And a kid. And a kid. <laughs> and a kid. Yeah, that too. <laughs> the kid. That. Uh, <laughs> but like it's, it's, so it's either opportunity cost of not being with him or it's, you know, hey, now I can go fly fishing or I can go bird hunting or I can go skiing or, I can, you know, there's all these things. Mountain biking. And, yeah, on yeah. the weekend that I can do instead of going to the bow range. Um, and the bow range in California is like open 365 and it's, you know, versus here, you only get them part of the year because the snow. And yeah, anyway, I'm making excuses. But so I think bow game for me, I mean, we shot a little bit together the week before and I was, I mean, you saw I was grouping them pretty well out to 80. No problem. Oh, yeah. I just didn't feel crazy confident on that. Like mm -hmm. I know when I'm lights on and what sometimes lights off. So I was, you know, like a six or seven out of 10. And it was pretty good though. Like, like when we were at the range, even that last week leading up, I mean, you were shooting better than I was. Um, mm -hmm. So you're six out of 10 is pretty good. I will say. It was, yeah, it's good. But like, I, I just, when I'm shooting feel. something, I'm like, I need, I need a hundred percent confidence. Right. Right. That high 90 percentile when I let something go. So yeah. Uh, does that make sense? The anchor man? Yeah. Works yeah, 100% no. of the time, 60% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> no, it's interesting because uh, to me, it looked really solid, but to you, yeah. it didn't feel as like, like dialed as you normally are but um that, that's interesting let's put it that way this way like you can i think yeah if you just looked at my shooting like i was holding stuff within six inches or eight inches at 80 yards no problem not a single one outside but i just didn't feel mm -hmm. great i don't know how to describe it yeah yeah and i think that's archery like you gotta it's not only like what you're actually doing and having the ability to judge that arbitrarily but like how do you feel um, so I mentally had said, Hey, I'm not really shooting past 70. You know, normally mm -hmm. it's 80, uh, this year I was like 70 is definitely my deal. And that's only perfect, perfect conditions. You know, in my, mm -hmm. my head, I said, mentally, I'm not going to, you know, like, my sight goes out to 60. I'm like, I'm not going to dial past 60 unless it's absolutely impossible to get closer. It's perfect. And it's perfect. Right. Uh, versus other years, you know, I'm not trying to go past 60, but you know, I would do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I felt so. Anyway, I'm, I'm doing a long-winded answer here. But yeah, that felt there. Physical fitness felt really good. Yeah, like really good compared to the other year just because it was such a ridiculous. But I think I still had a little bit of the mental stuff from all the problems last year. Mm -hmm. so that kind of came in like feeling good, but not super confident we can get back to that later. Um, and then as far as like gear and stuff, it felt almost weird, like anticlimactic because like everything's so dialed and it's right. like here in a garage now. It's so easy to chuck in a car and go for it that... Mm -hmm. uh, no, everything. So, you know, gear 10 out of 10 as always. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so funny. A seven or eight out of 10 and then uh bow probably six. So yeah. how about you? And then also I, I wanted to point out, it was kind of interesting how like the weeks leading up to it, you were like, oh, you know, elk seasons are coming around. Like it, it's, yeah. really, it didn't really hit you, <laughs> you know, like until like, I don't know, I don't know when it actually hit you, but that was, that yeah, was interesting too. Yeah, it was real weird. Now, normally I'm like fired up for like five or six weeks before. And this year it was like, even up to the week before, I'm like, doo, doo, doo. Uh, it's coming, you know? Uh, and I don't know if that's, hey, I've just done it a lot and had already shot at that point, what, four animals, now five. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that's like life. You get used to some things you don't. But I think also like 
it's not as big of an adventure here because you're like just driving, you know, four oh, yeah. hours or whatever it is, not like 12. And flying and all this, yeah, yeah. All this stuff. So it's not like you don't have to do the same amount of prep. So yeah, it was interesting. Right. But, oh, trust me, the second uh, that elk walked out, same feelings there. No <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, how about you? For me, um, let's see. Archery side was not as dialed as I was last year. Last year, I was obsessive about archery. I mean, that was my yeah. biggest strength going into the season. Um, but felt good like just solid decent you're shooting fine you're shooting yeah. fine out to 60 no problem yeah yeah just yeah shooting shooting good i felt good about my uh arrows and my broadheads um mm-hmm. haven't haven't built them myself fully this year so it was really cool yeah um yeah gear wise same very anticlimactic almost worrisome where i was like am i really ready like i did so much work for gear and the, yeah, the year before yeah the year before i had yeah. my food prep like weeks before <laughs> yeah. Ziploc bags and everything and this year i was like oh I need to go grocery store. I need to get some more things, but, um, yeah. but yeah, gear felt eerily ready, just like almost like too ready. And then, uh, let's see, physical fitness felt really good. Um, yeah, I put in, I looked at my Strava and I put in like 27 miles, like the two weeks before our elk season, yep. just run, just trail running. I was also in a steps competition at work. So, um, but yeah, it just felt really good physically physical fitness wise plus we were lifting weights we were doing weighted hikes and getting very specific um so that's probably my strongest part going into this season and then emotionally i was like i was so fired up like yeah you were pretty excited (laughs) i was just jacked yeah i could not wait to get can't wait till we could talk about the point where you saw that bull you were stalking it i was just i'm like laying i already tagged out i was like (laughs) on my back eating a bar uh, with my nose and josh is like tweaking there's this giant bull yeah but uh get there we'll get there we'll get there but yeah i was so amped up this season and i also felt uh the pressure because you know, we've been doing this podcast, everything we, we, we experience, we talk about on air, just the way it is and, um, share the journey. So knowing that last year I put in that much time and didn't get one. And this year, I think the, the doubt in my head and the pressure was really like, really how much better am I compared to last year? And that, that was my question going in like, do, do I, am I really like, did I really, how much did I really learn from yep. the time out in the woods last year? So yeah, I, I was like, and then I think it was a good reset when we did our podcast before going in where you said just encounters, just make it a goal to yep. have more encounters this year than you did last year, regardless of the result that ends up happening. Yep. And so that helped reset my mind, like have that process orientation instead of just focus on the result. Um, yeah. I think you got a pretty good amount of them. Yeah, you, had, you probably had two or three or four before you got yours as it was. So oh, yeah. yeah, you did have a pretty good amount of encounters, you know, at least one a day-ish ish ish Uh, yep yeah which is good so yeah but i think you said there's two interesting things there um one is i think the learning uh, and the other is gear and they both dovetail my favorite word in the last few episodes right but i think the learning like you never really realize what you know and what you don't you just take it for granted right Mm -hmm. a lot of the time i think in career and life and and elk cutting in specifics i think but i think you had a lot more knowledge than you realized right uh going in which is pretty cool but I think that's also the same case with gear. Like the first year you go elk hunting, gear is a is no matter how much advice, how many of my articles you read, haha. Um, like <laughs> there's like you go in without knowing what you need or what to do. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like you even took two pairs of underpants. I'm never going to let you live that down. <laughs> the first but, year. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you do all these stupid, stupid things. And, like, it just is what it is. I mean, you could look at my first year gear lists mm-hmm. as someone who'd been backpacking for 20 years already. And it was hilarious. I remember I was talking about it to you last time. I had two yeah. backpacks, yeah. a day pack and a standard backpack, and both were worthless. So, anyway, I think it's, yeah. And that's the coolest thing about great gear and great stuff is like, you get to the point, like, you got this year where it's, you know, people give me crap about the expensive gear and all the stuff I do, but it's like when you have great gear, it doesn't, you just pull it out of the bag next season because it works really great. It's, you don't have to do maintenance to it. It just, it's freaking flawless. Yeah. And I really, nothing to do, you know, I really got to see that firsthand this year when, uh, we, I built my arrows and in your, you know, like doing some of the parts in your garage and then just watching you build yours. And then when you sent me that text where (laughs) you had, weighed every fletching from that package and you wrote do i has problem you know yeah i was laughing so hard but then later when you showed me your dozen arrows and the heaviest one to the lightest one was like less than a grain right it's 0.3 grains 0.3 grain difference between a set of a dozen and they're all spinning perfect that's really it showed me like wow this is the level that you can get to in terms of confidence in your gear so when we went to the range and you're shooting you know great i'm like dang i want to build the perfect set of arrows next year i want to weigh every fletching like it's it's yeah there's nothing that can replace that feeling of confidence in your gears i guess i guess what i'm trying to get at yeah and that was really awesome because like i said even though I think like those arrows ended up 10 out of 10. Like I said, with my gear, my gear this year was 10 out of 10. Everything mm-hmm. was perfect and dialed. Um, that's about as perfect and dialed as you can get. <laughs> and like, I'm hundred percent sure every problem with shooting was me. Mm-hmm. And so I think in years past six to eight inches might've felt, made me feel pretty good. But with that set of arrows and everything that dialed, I was like, you know, I was bare shafting with at 20 yards dead. Perfect. Like it was, that bow was tuned. Everything was so it felt really good because you're like, hey, any error in here is me. Right. So it was a really perfect ability to look at that and go, that's the things I can control are controlled. Um, yeah. So it was good. But yeah, those, <laughs> bear that in mind, folks. They started out with 12 arrows. I think I've got six now. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll have some combos. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, yeah, it was really cool because it's like that, it's, that gear side of the things feels fun to kind of master. Although I've got mixed reviews on those Easton arrows. I don't think there's better better one for target shooting i'm not 100 percent convinced those are elk arrows we'll see yeah yeah we'll, we'll get those to that. separate um, um but yeah enough of free ramble i'm yep. sure people are just dying to hear the stories so, full story uh, yeah so i think we're what well, we went up so friday got there get all pieced together it was pretty warm if i remember like decently hot weekend it wasn't like smoking like it was last year but it was kind of high as the 70s you know lows of 30s 40s which is like typical warm quote unquote elk temps mm-hmm. at almost 10,000 feet in September. Right. So we, what do we do? We went up the trail. Well, there's not really a trail, but you know, kind of the trail and went up to a spot that I was at beginning of last year. Um, and we hunted through some good stuff. Right? Yeah. Like we, we went through an area that had a really good Creek, had some pretty green meadows area. There's been wallows in the past. And we didn't really, like, we saw a ton of sign that they'd been there in a week or two past. We didn't really see anything fresh, if I remember, right? It was just... Nothing fresh. And we didn't hear anything either. We didn't see anything. Uh, In my notes, I just wrote, we went to your A and B spot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and an important note was this year was super dry. So we went back there where there still was water and yep. still they weren't there that night. Yeah. I think, uh, thematically before we keep doing the blow by blow, this is a really funky year cause it's so dry that I think normally this is my, this is my theory, right? Bear with me. But I think normally when there's snow up high, you know, every year I'm there, I'm seeing snow on the peaks still at that time of year in September. And so that means the water's still melting. There's still green grass up high, but I think it was so dry this year that the elk went up high early and then it baked off. I mean, there was no water left up there. If, you, if we went up high, you look at the grass and everywhere there wasn't like a natural spring or seep, it was, you know, brown. Mm-hmm. So I think the elk went up this year and in normal years, you always find them, you know, early when it's hot, you'll find them high, you know, here or Colorado anywhere, uh, in my opinion. Uh, these are all opinions, right? But then this year they just weren't high, you know. So we went, yeah, we went up to that spot. We looked around. We went up. This is right where I had that one at, for seven minutes at th- less than thirty yards, or right at thirty yards last year, um, where I jumped a big six point, like all these different spots. And we like hunted around, and they're pretty slow and stealthy. I feel like mm-hmm. we did a pretty good job of that hunt of looping and walking real slow, and did all the right things. Um, and nothing. We didn't jump anything. We didn't see anything. Didn't we saw one or two fresh tracks? I remember on our way out the next morning. I think. Right? Yeah, I think that was about it. But but that was about it. That area. So I was kind of blown away because that, like you said, that's my A spot. That's where I, you know last year I felt good about it. Mm-hmm. There's still water there though, if I remember. I mean, there's a little creek. There's yeah stuff around. It just wasn't the grass, right? Which is kind of what they need. Right. So that was uh, that night. The next morning, do we? Is that your quote unquote B spot? Uh, it was just a little higher up, but it's a spot that uh, I've always seen elk. Like always yeah. seen elk. Um, it's just you just don't want to go there because it's so high. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like you don't. Nobody wants to pull something out of there. Um, so it was like a weird shot over the bow Friday night, confidence wise, because I'm like, wow, this area that always has something, nothing. And then we went up to the spot that I'm like, well, all else fails, you have to go up here. And we went up there and nothing. Um, Although we did find out that unfortunately D had gone right up to where we were the first day, which is only like three or four days before. And then we also saw boot prints from some other guy mm-hmm. um, and he was the only guy in the area. So it was like, crap, the only two guys in the area went straight up here. So <laughs> um, might've been that, might've not, but well, we hiked a lot higher the next morning, got up to at least almost 10,000 feet and uh, saw a bunch of mountain goats. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Way yeah. <laughs> saw some mountain goats, which is really cool. But man, we went around the whole area, looked at everything, nothing. I mean, it nothing was not even a fresh all. sign, nothing. It was crazy. I'm, I, in a million years, you put a gun to my head and said, Where's the last place on earth you think you'd see something? I'd be like, There. Yeah. Nothing. And then I remember, I don't know if I remember this correctly, but we could decide to either go back the way we came or traverse around and go back to our cars a different way. And we had decided to go back the different way. And we did end up jumping a couple couple. cows, right? Yeah. Well, it was, so the kind of decisions were like, do we stay in this larger area? Cause there's like multiple spots in that area you can go. And it was, you know, we traverse around and go hunt that other spot, which in hindsight, you know, you'll have to listen to all three episodes, you know, might've panned out, who knows? But <laughs> my thought was, Hey, if they're not here, they're not going to be over there. Like I want to move to a totally different area. It's like go way across the valley. Yeah. Um, somewhat near where I shot mine the other year. Um, and so we were like, let's just 
I think I learned from last year. I was like, if they're not here, we're out. <laughs> yeah, we left. We did one evening, one morning, didn't see anything. We were like, gone. Out. We're gone. Yep. We're like totally relocating. So the downside of that is it was pretty intense. We'd already done a few thousand vertical and a few miles. And beyond the way, the way hunting out the next morning, we did jump two different sets of elk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both uh, cows probably, right? Or no, maybe one was a bull. One was a bull. Yeah, it was coming into that. There's one area that I always go. There's the wallow but I call it like impossibilities or something like it's just, you're never getting in there without something hearing you. (laughs) Yeah. Super thick. It's, we talked about this with like tactics this year. There's I've now got a really defined line in my head between the areas you can, this is why I think Colorado is a little easier to hunt than Idaho is. Idaho is so loud. Oh yeah. If it has not rained, it is impossible in a lot of areas to stock in on a bull. And that was one of those areas, good amount of deadfall, a lot of trees. So there's, crackly leaves and twigs and pine cones everywhere pine cones and anyway we came down that little ridge and we jumped it and immediately i started calling and you went forward i remember yeah oh yeah that's right yeah Yeah, i did go for it i think i got to like maybe 80 or something yep he was hung up for a second when i called and we think it's a bull just because it was solo and it listened to the calls but we don't think either of us ever saw it right i saw it briefly briefly okay yeah 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 so you know i don't I don't know if we count that as an encounter or not. Depends on who we're talking to, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, hey, we saw something, we jumped it, but that's like a, it's like a one percent chance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just glad it even stopped. Um, so yeah, we saw that, and then we traversed through some nasty stuff and came to where one of my cams was. And as we were getting down into the cam, I remember I looked down and we saw some poop, and I was like, oh, that's fresh. Remember that? We yeah. That's like, ah, real fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I, every freaking year, man, I feel like this happens. I like second guess myself the first day or two. I'm like, well, is that really that fresh? And my brain was going, oh, that's, that's this morning. It's here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I remember we kind of had that mental debate back and forth. Is that, that's what happened, right? I don't, I don't remember exactly, but, uh, I do remember we saw a sign and I do remember you thinking, man, that looks fresh. Real fresh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, long story short, we walked down to near, near where the cam was and we jumped to jumped a small yearling cow, right? You saw it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you got pretty close to that one because we heard it jump and then we instantly, and we had our act down at that point. You started running left full speed and I ran right full speed calling. Oh, okay. So that's the one I got close to. The first yeah. one I didn't see. This yeah. one I did see briefly. Yeah. 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 I think at 80 yards ish. Yeah. It was so thick. I was just, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get close at all. Yeah. I called and that one stopped. Mm -hmm. And then I ran, I like physically was running around to the right. uh, And then you went to the left. But Mm -hmm. going into that thicket where that thing was was just not happening. Possible. Yeah. 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 So, well, it's possible. It just would hear you every step of the way. Right. But um, yeah. So, anyway, two, I mean, two ish elk, but like that's, for that area and for what I'm used to seeing and like the types of encounters I want for high odds, that was still like a hard pass. It's like jumping Mm -hmm. to elk is not, does not count as like, okay, we're going to stick around in this area. Yeah. So, yeah. And we we had a really cool mule deer encounter. Remember that? We're like checking the cam and hanging out and a few does ran by and a three by three came. Remember you were like, you were miming shooting it. You were like, yeah, I was like, you walked up to like 25, 30 yards, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, maybe it could have happened, but no mm-hmm. among species, but yeah. Although yeah. I later saw that one feeding that exact same one feeding over the top of 
D's camper. So it was oh, like no way. yards away up the hill. So it's like, okay, that one's that one's meant to die. <laughs> nice. It's not the world's most and this area is not known for mule deer. So yeah. Yeah. Or it is, but it's yeah, where where you're hunting elk is probably not where you should be hunting mule deer. Yeah. Um so yeah, anyway, that was that was kind of it, right? And then we just hiked out and not much else. Yeah, we hiked out and then rested for a little bit, and then we see two guys walking out in the field towards us. Yeah. And, uh, bam, D comes back and he's got antlers on his back. And it was crazy. Like, Whoa. Because we just yeah, so we hiked out, right? We hiked two or three miles out. We were like, let's transfer before it. I think we got out at like 10 30 or 11. Mm-hmm. Like, let's transfer and go up to the other area before it's too hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember we double taked it, did a double take because we we're both in our cars packing up stuff and like refreshing supplies. And I looked out and saw them both coming across the field. And I was like, huh, why are these two together? And uh, just kind of turned around, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we both turned around and like they were 50 yards away and there was, you could see one staggering under a load and the other had a nice five by five on his back. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so awesome. We're just, yeah, because these had not the best of luck let's yeah. say, the last few years and shooting recurve also for a few years was really difficult. And then yep. seeing him come back with that, that bull on his yeah. back i was just so stoked for him and that's part of elk hunting too is like seeing, yep. seeing the guys you're with be successful and hearing the story and the camaraderie oh my gosh that that was so awesome i was just so happy for him so cool because it's uh means we'll talk about the next few days there like there were not many i don't think i think the only two bulls we saw that weekend were the two we killed <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> literally like that's they were just oh, not around for, elk were not there yeah except for that one night that one night my the night i shot my we saw we saw oh that's the next week yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that right, weekend right. we didn't see uh nothing so it was uh pretty pretty crazy how it went down that way but no that was such a cool moment man that, yeah that the world to be there for that um, yeah that was awesome and since he's an alias anyway we can kind of tell the story but he got up there and uh you know was got in close to a herd and long story short it walked what you said 10 yards from like five like it, five yards yeah there were, i think there were cows below maybe 30 yards away or something and he had you know was ready to draw and he was just waiting and the bull walked behind a tree where he thought he was going to shoot it right when it came out of the tree i think and it yeah. walks instead of going straight it turned around the turn and went yeah. straight at him yeah. and got to like five yards <laughs> yeah like well he so did uh close. did something i've always wondered about but i've heard uh, for his his setup and my setup, I would do, but I don't think any other bow I would do. He shot it in front of the shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, like like not not a frontal, bone. not a side, but like literally shot it through the ribs in front of the shoulder. Yeah, like collarbone, like on a human. If you put your finger like maybe in the middle of your collarbone area, like not yeah. straight down the neck, but on the side. Yeah, just right in front of the shoulder there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think when you're pulling modern bow with a 340 plus ibo you know he's shooting a 550 grain arrow like i was mm-hmm. you know he's got a pretty good draw length you know 65 ish pound like when you're pulling that 60 65 you're pulling that much weight and a super stout you know he's shooting an axis five millimeter which is a really thick strong arrow with a good good outsert system and it gives ethics stuff on it mm-hmm. i mean that's a that's a totally i've heard from a bunch of guys it's a doable shot and it he did it and it went all the way into the animal. Yeah. Oh, wait, my notes say 10 yards, but still pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he it said, died like right there, right? Yeah. The arrow just disappeared into the animal 
uh, into the bowl. And he said he just, he stood there, turned to the left and just blah, puked blood and then turned to the right blah, and then just sat down and then just laid down. It was God. like right in front of him. Didn't even move very far. Yeah. Crazy. One of the coolest Selk stories I've ever heard. Just like easy to shoot that close and have it die instantly at your feet is like, wow, that's uh, that's about as perfect as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to go track very far and yep. very quick, merciful kill. So yeah, really cool. So was, yeah, we're, we're both really fired up by that because it was, I got to admit that first 24 hours was pretty mentally difficult because I'm, I'm yeah. pretty used to finding elk pretty darn fast like if i don't yeah. see him the first night i'm pissed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah it was cool it gave cool. me hope too i was like whoa they're here you know like yep. d got the uh yeah. his bull and uh i was like that gave me a lot of confidence just going into the weekend like wow okay they're they're, they're here they're here and it can be done like it's the first time i saw you know an elk got uh killed there so yeah no it's really really scary thinking cool so yeah so anyway big celebration for like an hour or two and then we're like crud we still need to get into where we want to get before it gets smoking hot mm-hmm. um and so we then proceeded to go hike up and that hike was a lot more brutal i don't know about you but i was that one was not fun because it was hot it was hot <laughs> i mean it wasn't like bad this is but anywhere high altitude i feel like even if it's 60 70 but if you're in the straight sun it's stinking hot yeah it was just hot <laughs> yeah and that one doesn't have a good path in there you're side hilling the whole way just everything about it was just like this sucks yeah um so what did we do we got in there three or four we laid down by the creek took a nap remember that yep just chilled we were just like this is brutal and we've you know at this point we've now clocked Multiple thousand miles. We were probably at three or four thousand feet in like twenty-four hours, which has been that's yeah. big. That's and, really big. And a lot of miles. A lot of miles. So this is not this is not your standard. We were going balls to the wall. I think we both <laughs> knew we had two tags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had mine, yours, and then we have um Margaret's, you know, when she gets there the next week. So I'm like, I gotta we gotta get stuff going. Yeah. Um so yeah, then what did we do? We just we had the nap and then we uh went up, set up camp. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good location for camp, I felt like. It was a nice little central spot. Yep. And we do some glassing. We see yep. that, that group, right, way across the valley. No, 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 no. No, we no. So we went up. Yeah, we set up camp. We uh, The wind was weird, I remember. The weird wind was, like, very odd that night. And so we kind of – we knew where we wanted to go hunt, kind of up this little creek near a slide. And you could kind of go around the corner and see all up in there. Mm-hmm. We kept being like, oh, the wind's weird. Remember that? Yeah. It's not – we did is we oh, kind of yeah. went down the valley a little bit on our same side to glass over mm-hmm. and we weren't seeing anything weren't seeing anything i'm back in my own head i'm like what the hell we just hiked up like to a nasty spot no one wants to pull a bull again a totally different location again that i know has water again um nothing 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 and so we glassed for a bit didn't see anything we we're looking down in the creek we'd hiked up and then that creek we hiked up had some good stuff Mm-hmm. You know, there was some good looking terrain in there. Um, and then remember we were walking back towards camp and right the last clearing before you get to camp, we're kind of, what, we're probably a third of the way up a pretty steep wall on this little bench. Mm-hmm. And we look over, remember the cows standing yep. right there? Cows standing, just lone cow, just lone cow. right there, just eating in these bushes, had no idea we were there, just kind of a, across a little ravine. 180 yards. I remember glassing it, like it were 200. It was like right under 200. Yeah. Um, but that whole area is such thick 
timber and so much water that like they could be all in there. You'd never know. So I think that was the one that just somehow popped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. And then anyway, I feel like I'm talking a lot. So let you, let you narrate from here. But basically we, we see this cow and it's game time, 180 yards away, but it was yeah. across that super deep ravine. Right. Mm-hmm. So the decision was like, all right, we're, I remember, <laughs> I remember we saw that cow and you looked at me and you're like, Josh, you're going to kill that cow. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, you were, you were killing the freaking thing. Yeah. And I was Um, like, dude, I'm, yes, I'm so stoked. So then we start making our way to the side of the ravine, getting ready to cross it. So we, we move and then the cow drops out of our view, um, on the other side. And so we move there and then we see another another cow farther down further up yeah up in that shoot because the context there is that cow the reason i said you're going to kill that one is it was perfect the wind was now going the right direction for guys to visualize this if you hold your hands up in a v we're on the right side a third of the way up and the cow Mm -hmm. is you know if you take your left hand you kind of turn the palm towards your face you've kind of got two different faces at opposing angles right and that other cow was pretty much you know where your fingers meet your hand and so we're like basically at the same height, just looking across the super deep V right between your hands. Yeah. So that's crawl v, down. Yeah. But that V goes uphill. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole nother Valley up that V. And so to cross over there, we like walk, you know, walk to that ravine to go down. But as we do that, we open a new clearing mm-hmm. and we're not looking cause we're looking where that other cow is to the left, but up the ravine, sure enough, a cow and a calf, right? Yep. They they had nailed us. You I mean you, I think you saw them, right? You were like yeah. back your like, back your shit. Like yeah. like, like the cow was looking at us. I was like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we freeze there for what feels like forever. <laughs> and our 15 minutes we just totally totally froze, right? Yeah, my feet were like burning. I don't know why numb. just standing yeah. there. Yeah. And so we just froze until they started feeding again and they started walking away. Yeah, and then um, at this point, you, at this point, I was like, "Do you want to go A or you want to go B?" Yeah, at this point, you were like, "All right, Josh, it's your call. Like, you want to go for that one across the ravine, or you want to go for this one?" And I decided to go for this one that we saw. Mostly, I think because I couldn't see the other one anymore. I guess there was yeah. a little element of uncertainty there, where these I can I can see them. I don't know. And you could see the whole approach to them too. I think that's, right. You're looking. You're now in this ravine, but you're looking up at these others along. Mm-hmm. this edge and the other one would involve dropping down going up over it and then going around a bunch of trees so like you said you know in hindsight probably better to have done the other one but we there's no way both of us could have known that yeah yeah so, so yeah i start and the cow and the calf they kind of walk off into some trees and then we just start hustling and making our way over there running up the no, creek we're not running right just moving. yeah just just moving at a pretty good pace while trying to stay quiet but like trying to get to them and then when we got to that bottom of the creek area where it starts to be all this green grass and starts to go up, then I started taking it real slow because I was like, they could be anywhere in here. They could have came down to the creek. And yeah. I kept walking. Baxter was like maybe 100 yards behind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed way back. Yeah. And then we kept walking, walking, walking. I had my arrow knocked. It's pretty exciting time to have your arrow knocked day two of the hunt. And uh, kept walking, walking, walking. We didn't see them at all. They nope. never saw them again. Yeah. And in hindsight, you know, it was kind of a learning moment. So I was like, I'll just let Josh do whatever he wants. But I think from experience, I was like, ah, you know, that one saw us and it moved off. Mm-hmm. I think anytime an elk moves off, it's like somewhat scared or spooked. You know what I mean? They don't, they're not going to voluntarily leave an area unless they have a good reason. 
Yeah. And if that happens, they're not stopping. Like they're going right. somewhere. Right. And I was like, about halfway through that, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I should have told them, hey, we should go for the other one. Or because that one just just trucked. So to catch an elk like that, we would have had to literally run to intercept it. Right. And that was that the thing. the lesson I learned from that is if they're moving, you want to if you're gonna go after them, you want to go and try to intercept them to move quick. And I was moving a little too slow. It's funny, but because halfway through you said, oh, dang, we should have gone for the other one. Halfway through, I was like, oh, it could be right here. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I was still like, oh, any minute now it's going to pop up. You know, I was so yeah. ready. But <laughs> I was fully convinced we were not seeing it. And we didn't, unfortunately. But, but no, I mean, you were probably within 100 yards of it at one point. Um, I mean, it was close, 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 close. Yeah, that was somewhere that one in there. Counter, like we're hunting it. We got arrows knocked. Yeah. You know, like we've yeah. seen a few elk, so. So yeah, that was, I mean, it was cool. It was like, hey, we're like, we had an opportunity, right? They're here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we decided to hike all the way up to the top oh, of the thing yeah. and look all the way down at glass and all this stuff. And we were like, wow, it was a big day. Yeah. <laughs> well, we went right through where I shot mine. We saw the carcass. Remember that? Oh yeah, we saw the bones. The whole rib cage. I mean, just rib cage and bones. It's just really yeah. cool to relive that moment and see it again and way back up That there. was part of the reason we went up there. And then also I'd heard about some springs up top. So I went up there you know, looked at those, like, yeah, they're here. Good amount of sign up there, but um, I don't know. I just never, like, we didn't really want to hang there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that was nasty. Like, you shot some up there? Holy <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, but we went all the way almost to the top of the ridge. Like, yeah, hey, we went up pretty high. And it was uh, the story of the day. We just kept doing more and more and more and more. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think we were just so fired up, like, that first weekend. Like you said, and we didn't, we only had that one weekend, like, yeah. two tags three tags to fill so yeah but we were anyway we looped up the ridge and above camp like directly above it on the right side of that v and we're glassing across we saw what three or three cows and two cows or something like that yeah yeah one. we saw a handful of cows way across the valley in some green yeah. grass area not a single freaking bull though mm -hmm. which blew my mind because i'm so used to the bulls being up high alone chilling in the coolest wettest areas but just not a single bull yeah um yeah so hey encounter and then went to sleep that night thinking oh we got this in the bag like there was one right there there's these five over here you know like you saw that one up here to the right oh and, and i forgot to say i saw another one up the slide further um oh that's when right. that was when i want to i think it was when we were watching these the one that was staring at us i saw one yeah, yeah i think so way up high under above it so i'm like there's elk freaking everywhere we're gonna wake up and get josh an opportunity mm-hmm uh and no nothing that morning if i remember yeah and then the next morning we did a pretty big hike <laughs> yeah well we we basically went to areas we hadn't been before and looped around the valley and mm -hmm. i mean it was great stuff really cool stuff um, yeah and we went to that green grass area where we saw the cows the night before yep but uh, we didn't see anything yeah nothing. we didn't see anything that morning didn't hear anything no fresh sign yeah yeah, even though it looked really good, like really good. The whole area looked like amazing. There has to be elk in here. Yeah, but it was the thing about that is like you're already up in an area you don't want to pull elk out, and then to get to the really good stuff, you got to go up even higher. Like it's <laughs> it was just like I'm a hundred percent convinced there were ten or fifteen elk in that area above us, but it was just like I'm not going up there, <laughs> and it was nasty up there too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they must have just been hiding in there in the thick stuff or something. And it was yeah. like late by the time we got there it's like a little bit later in the morning they're probably bed yeah. something to bed yeah um, not uh but also like i should say that 
we would have gone up there if we knew we could go find an elk. It was just like that comp combined with like how impossible it'd be to hunt in that thick stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's no, just not a good option. Yeah. Um, so we but, keep going and we hike out to this hillside yep. and we take the worst nap ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was hot, it was sunny and we were yeah. just tired. We're just kind of sad. We're starting to feel the fatigue at this point because it's been two nights. That, now, by that point, we'd clocked about 4,000 vertical. Which yeah. I don't care as much about mileage in the backcountry. I mean, that's it's important, but like the vertical is getting gnarly. Yeah. Um, and we're already, we're pounding. We put in a lot more vertical because we wanted to get really high on the other side too. Mm-hmm. So we did like another thousand feet probably on the other side, if I remember, like all the way up <laughs> that ridge, right? Yeah. Um, we found some cool trails. We found some good areas to camp. We found like we did a lot of like cool in-season scouting. I mean, that mm-hmm. was really, really good. Yeah, marked some stuff on the yep. on the Onyx, and then yeah, I took a little nap in the afternoon, and then we decided to go down to go camp where we camped last year. Yep. Uh, so we get there. I remember being really tired there. I think really it was, tired. Yeah. yeah, setting up camp. I was like, oh, because we traversed the open face in the broad sunlight, and we'd been up a thousand, down a thousand. Like we we're we're now really starting to feel it. Probably five thousand in, and we're like torched. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two nights of bad sleep. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, took a nap. Yep, took a nap, kind of chilled out, did a lot of. Because I remember we got there like one or two. The, yeah, we got there pretty early. Pretty early. So we had till like five. So we really chilled out for a bit. But we had a best camp spot, was a great camp spot. Everything was pretty good. Yeah, I remember waking up from that nap just sweating because of yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> when you, once that tent goes in the sun, you're you're nuked yeah uh, no matter how much the wind is blowing yeah and there was a funny quote from that morning you, you I remember you oh, saying yeah. you saying oh no i've definitely had this bar before and it sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember that <laughs> oh that was a bad feeling because i had uh i think it was no that was a different trip i just yeah my food game was margaret was packing all my food and it was great but like no matter what if someone else does your stuff like there's always gonna be a little miscom. So I didn't have as much food as I thought, and I had to eat these bars. I was not stoked about. So it was that was kind of the lowest point of the whole weekend. <laughs> Hot, like, sweaty. Oh man, I have to eat this bar, and I've had it before. It's no good. Yeah, but but, but anyway, it felt like really good um, about that night for some reason. Remember that? I was mm-hmm. like, I think we're gonna get one tonight. I don't know why. I think we're gonna get one tonight. Yeah, because we're gonna go to that area that we we didn't go yet this trip but like yep. i've seen them there last year i've yep. I've, I've seen them multiple times in there last year when i was hunting yep. solo after you got yours yeah um i'd gone up there the first year i was there and seen a bunch of sign and tracks and we'd seen them across the valley the year before so there mm-hmm. we knew they were there or like that no we didn't know they were there we knew there was a high likelihood of something being there right right um so it felt good but we got going around what was that i think 5 30 ish right yeah, i think a little earlier um five yeah, something around there, five, five fifteen. Yeah, and we went real slow through the area mm-hmm. that we jumped one the year before, mm-hmm. but it was. I mean, there were tons of rubs in there, but I think they were all prior year, and it was pretty dry in that spot, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. think in a normal year it'd be good, but that whole area we walked through, I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we jumped our first grouse up there. Remember that we both. Oh yeah, we were like Whoa. pants. Yeah, yeah. That one was like ten feet away. Yeah, uh, I hate those things sometimes. Um, but yeah, we got up to the base of that kind of meadowy wet area where it starts. Mm-hmm. And the wind was being funky, right? And to paint a picture for guys, there's this little, you're looking up this 
meadowy area and to the left there's dark timber and then to the right it's steep uphill to another kind of wallowy area that we'd seen the year before and uh so both josh and i knew it was really good and we got down there and we could see, i mean i could see trails coming in from the left and i'm like i just feel like that's where they're going to come from i don't know why would i feel that way mm -hmm. and we both were like this is really good let's just chill here till the wind gets solid because it was kind of doing some fluky stuff i remember yeah yeah so we, were, we sat there for what probably 20 minutes just waiting for the wind to get good yeah i remember you saying let's stay here for 30 minutes see what happens and then we can figure it out from there and i think 20 minutes in or so this was like the last night we knew like we couldn't shoot anything the next morning right because we yeah, had Sunday to go back night. to work yep. yeah yep. so i was like real days the next day so we had to leave monday night yeah and the big yep. theme for me this year is patience because i was like oh well baxter how about if we split up like if i go up and around you can stay here and we will double our chances yep. and you're like yeah you know if you want to hike that thing go for it yeah well you, there's the stuff <laughs> uphill like way uphill and then there's then there's hiking up this little meadow mm -hmm. and you were gracious enough to be like, yeah, just hike up the meadow and I'll go up to this thing. I don't know. You said you had a good feeling about that one up there. Like you really wanted to go up there. Yeah. Cause I'd seen them cross yeah. over before yeah. at night up there. So yeah, yeah I start yeah. making my way up there. Well, it was kind of impromptu. I mean, we both, we I don't think either of us planned to split up, but we were just mm -hmm. like, this is the best opportunity we've got. Let's just do it. And you were like, yeah. I'll go up. I'll go up. You go straight. So yeah, yeah. I think it was my idea to split up. I was. It like, was your idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, should we double our odds? And you're like, dude, if you want to, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I think I want to go up there. Because so up start until this point, this is probably worth saying. We'd been like, Josh is up, right? Like, you're oh, up. that's right. We're getting mm -hmm. that. And then I think you'd had one or two encounters, and I was kind of like, you're like, oh, you should go. I was like, well, if we see a bull, I'll go. Yeah. But mentally, I was also thinking like, dude, this is it's just going to be hard because it's like yeah how are we both gonna tag out i was kind of getting right. like fatigue so when you said hey let's split up i was like yeah okay that's good like i'll right. have a chance right yeah 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 so so we so split yeah. up i start going up on this rocky stuff to the right baxter starts going left and up a little bit so we're kind of paralleling each other a little bit maybe yeah, for the first like, five minutes you're probably yeah. yards away yep for the first five minutes i disappear i keep going i have no yep. idea where baxter is and then I just keep hiking up, up, up. I, I actually end up hiking pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, and I don't see anything. But to my left, kind of where you're towards you, all this green lush, all this yeah, water, it was springs. Good, it, it looked was really, really nice. And I was just right of that, just glassing into it and going up and glassing to my right and just looking everywhere. Yep. And then um, Baxter is, was supposed to text my Garmin <laughs> at like, what was it? 6.45 and then again at 7 or something? Seven, 6.45 and 7.15. You 7 got radio silence. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. And then it so was like, like, what's going on? Yeah, it was like 7 something. I didn't get anything. So that's where this stuff starts happening. <laughs> yeah. And then I just get a text from Baxter. <laughs> but I'll let you pick it up from here. Yeah. So pretty much the second you split out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I mean, I think this is a cool instance of patience and knowing like, this is where a lot of this stuff pays off. Cause yeah, this is where I was talking about earlier. You might not feel like you knew a lot, but you do know a lot more than you did. Mm -hmm. Like we'd spent 20 or 30 minutes just burning time. I think most everyone else be like, start hunting, start hunting, but like burning time at the bottom of an area because you're like, this is a likely area. Yeah. Right. And, uh, that paid off in spades. So, you know, as I'm going up through this, like you, like you were saying, I just start seeing the really green area where we'd been. It was a little green, but once you came around, you know, a hundred yards further, it was like, oh wow, mm -hmm. this is lush. Like this is amazing. Um, and so I'm now walking 
full on Indian style, like super stinking slow. Like I'm like, I am fully going to surprise and ambush something here if I'm going to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) So, uh, I'm sneaking up and I'm actually an idiot in hindsight for not knocking an arrow. Anytime you're walking that stinking slow or even not even that stinking slow, even just a little faster than that, you should have an arrow knocked and my opinion, but do as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think I was just so stinking tired from that day. I didn't think it through and didn't have one knocked. So I, uh, there's like these little mini benches in this meadow and I'd go through one I mean, I probably went 150 yards from where we last saw each other. Right. It was really soon after. Um, and I get to this little pinch point in the trees and, uh, I kind of walk up behind this tree and look left to this, this area where I thought they'd come out. And, as I do that, a raghorn walks right out into the meadow right there. <laughs> so my heart's going like a million beats a minute at this second. And I'm like, holy moly. Um, and so the first thing in my brain is like, you idiot. Now you have to knock an arrow with this thing, like looking at you. Uh, but in hindsight, you know, I'm actually was in a perfect position because I'm behind this tree. I'm in the shade. I have this little kind of um, ridge, mini ridge that's like waist high between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's at like 50, 60, or he's at 60 ish yards. And, um, and I have this little window through the trees to see him. So to paint a full picture for guys, I have this window that I can see the bottom left side of the meadow, but I didn't know it at the time. There's a wallow out in the middle of the meadow. Um, and I have kind of the screen of trees to my right. So, you know, he looks at me kind of just, I just totally freeze. He looks straight at me, kind of looks down and then he's kind of looking at me, but I'm like, I got to knock this arrow. So I like slowly pull it out, knock it. He looks down, like I'm just moving uber stinking slow. Get it knocked. Um, this is yeah. Well, this is gonna be a crazy f- hour to relate here. But uh, get the arrow knocked. Get everything set up. Range the tree behind him, and it's like 60. And then I have time to range him, and he's at 56. I'm like, okay, 56. And so there's two trees. Um, way to envision this is there's two big trees, and there's a little tree between them. And it's open meadow. So they're probably about 10 yards apart. He walks out from behind the left tree, crosses in between the two trees, and is kind of standing in front of the right big tree, but quartering towards me. And so I have this really interesting decision where he's, you know, if I let him go, he's going to go behind this or out of this slot I've got. And I'm going to have to reposition or try to find a hole for him to the right. And so I've got two difficult options. I've got one having to reposition really close to an elk. I don't know what the wind's doing. Things aren't great to the right. And I've got an elk that's slightly quartering towards me at 56 yards. Um, So I hang out for a minute. He's still feeding. He's totally chill. I'm in a great spot. I'm knocked. I'm ready. I know exact yardage of where he's at. I'm like, you know what? I can make this shot. Uh, It's not perfect, but I can, I can put it close enough. So draw, settle in, actually get into a really good groove, feel very good about the shot. And then right before I let off, I don't know what it was. Something in my brain was like, don't hit the shoulder. It was just some weird, it wasn't panic, but it was just like last second decision, which is never what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just pulled back an inch or two, which I pulled left an inch or two. He's, his head's facing the right. He's quartering towards me. And, uh, you know, inch or two, normally not a big deal, but when he's quartering towards you, that ends up being more like three or four inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I shoot a you know, snap of the bow, hear the thwack of the arrow. Um, and I think it had entered pretty much on the front part of the middle of his body. 
Like it was almost dead middle where the arrow entry went in, right? Like mm-hmm. right on the bulge. So it was not the shot I wanted. It was probably five inches back from that. Yeah. Um, but very fortunately, the situation panned out where you know, he had no clue I was there. He was totally chill. So when it went and hit him, it you know zipped right through him. He just looked up and was like, "What's going on? Like, where is everyone?" Um, and also, like we talked about before. It was so cool to have in my brain that I wanted a raghorn because the second he stepped out, I'm like dead elk. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it was not a, there was not that like, is this big enough? Is it not? It was just like, there's, I see a bunch of points. He's down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so shoot him. He stands there for a second. He jumps up and kind of walks. He walks 10 yards and goes back behind that of those two trees to the left. So for like five or 10 minutes, he and I are both standing there, which seems like the longest time in the world. Um, he's standing there kind of behind the tree, looking left, looking right, looking left, looking right. And I'm like, hallelujah, this elk's going to die. Like he's, you know, if he's only gone 10 yards, um, he's just going to, he's not going to go far. Right. Cause initially when I saw that shot, I was like, that wasn't a great one. Um, I think in hindsight it had gone liver and then it went out pretty much in front of the back or through the back right leg. Right. If I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was not a great, Great shot, but it was a killable shot for sure. Because uh, we found him puking blood behind that tree or whatever. So he's there 10 or 15 minutes. He comes back out almost to where he was between the two trees and beds down quartering towards me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Like, why would you do that? Now I, you know, now I can't shoot. Um, but he starts puking up stuff, some blood, some, uh, some undigested stuff. And I'm like, okay, he's dying. Uh, but it's not fun to watch that, right? You don't, I think everyone wants, every elk I've shot has died very quickly. Um, another one last year is probably the longest. And that was 10 or 15 minutes, we think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I'm kind of in this weird mode of like, do I just back out and let him die? Or do I, you know, stay here, put more arrows in him? Um, I think we talked about this before the call too. It's just a weird weird decision because i know i'm pretty confident if i just walked away he would have died but in my brain at the time I'm like if i walk he might see me because i'm still 55 yards from this thing um they've been there for 15 minutes and i'm like you know what i just need to stand here and watch this and if i have a chance to put another arrow in him i'll do it uh and i stand there he sits there for probably 10 more minutes i think i even got a video at this point in time no no i don't think it was that i think it was so i'm just watching him watching him uh, and I'm having this mental debate. Do I just put another one in him, even though he's like, this grass was waist high. He's bedded. That's a really tiny target at 55 yards and quartering towards me again. Right. Right. I'm like, that's just bad odds, but should I just do it? Very fortunately, he stands up. He actually turns broadside, but he's behind that little tree between the two ones now. So I get to walk five or six yards up and then five or six yards left. doesn't sound like much, but walking 10-ish yards when you're 50 yards from an elk is like freaking scary. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, but he gets, he kind of has the wobblies at that point. So I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Um, I get up there. It's almost 50 on the dot. I'm like, I'm putting another arrow through him. So I draw back, shoot again, high front lung shot, good shot, you know, double lung, ba-boom. Like, great, perfect. He runs up like four or five yards, turns around and kind of goes back towards where he was. I'm like, okay, here we go again. Put another one in the bow, drop back, boom, boom, 
And I think when we found out later, it was like they're both within like three inches of each other, right? If I remember, three, four inches. Solid shots. They were both just right on, both double long, both high double long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, oh, this elk has got seconds left in this world, right? I'm like, excellent. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's going to die quicker. Everything worked out. Hallelujah. And then, uh, then he just beds down again. I'm like, come mm-hmm. on. What is going on here? So I get to watch him for like 10 or 15 more minutes. And I think this is when I took a real quick video. And then I also sent you the text of, hey, there's an elk down. Uh, yeah. I didn't want you like hiking another 500 vertical feet for no good reason. Um, and he at this point laid down. So he's, his head drops, mm-hmm. antler drops. I'm like, dead elk. Awesome. I text you. You come down the mountain. You start cow calling to me. I, I call back. And then after a little bit, I'm like, "Hey, Josh! Like, I, I'm fully convinced he's dead at this point in time." Yeah, and I'm running. I'm running down this mountain. I running get that down. text, and I'm like, "Oh, yes! Like, We're I'm so stoked, so excited! This all yeah. happened, right?" Yeah. And then you run down. We we hug. We're you know high fiving. It's amazing. And then uh, I look. You look over, and you're like, "Hey, so you're just moved." Yeah, and also I was like, "I was like, oh, how was it? You know what happened?" Because he looked dead right there. I was like, "What? Very happened? dead." You were like, yep. "Dude, that." honestly that was a bit of a shit show i'll I'll tell you the story later like yeah it's crazy yeah we're hugging and then yeah i saw his ear flick and then i was like ah it's probably just nerves but then we see him breathing we see him trying to get up a little bit like moving a little bit yeah i'm like oh whoa back to still alive i was like you don't shoot him again (laughs) yeah Yeah. so so we've had a lot of conversations and i've had a lot of mental hurdle around you tell this full story on a podcast or it's public record where it's whatever but i think this is this is the reality of hunting yeah. Right, animals in a conversation with a buddy literally four days before I went um, from San Francisco about elk hunting. And he's like, Oh, sounds like a horrible way to die. And I said, Well, you know, normally it's not. And I said, You know, it beats the other three alternatives, which is starving to death, um, getting eaten by something, or dying of exposure and cold. And you know, all three of those are very long, very painful things, right? Um, and the reality of elk hunting is even if you do put two shots through long, double lungs, sometimes they don't die quick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I thought it was worthwhile telling this full story because this is how it is, right? Um, you can't varnish it. You can't paint it. You talk to anybody who's hunted elk for a long time and they'll all have a story or two like this. Um, so yeah, hopefully guys that listen to the podcast, take that for what it is. I don't get hate mail. Uh, cause if you think you're above this, just wait five years. It's going <laughs> to happen. Um, but you know, that's, that's why I stuck there. kept putting arrows in them. I wanted this to happen. I talked to a few other hunters afterwards. Um, I'm not going to say names, but they're just like, oh, I would have walked away and let them die. Like, that's just still cunning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's all part of the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, anyway, at that point, he got back up on his stomach. Mm-hmm. And I said, Josh, this is not okay. Uh, I had one more arrow. And so yeah. I was like, I'm walking right up there. And I walked up to 25 yards, I think it was. Yeah. And put one like perfect double just- lung forward front middle like as dead golden triangle as you can get it Mm -hmm. um and then he died within like two or three minutes i think yeah yeah after that yeah we were just like please just die come on yeah uh, what a tough animal unbelievably tough animal i'm i've never seen anything like that in my life to have two double long shots Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I, I just wonder if his body had shut down enough at that point that the blood wasn't really flowing and it didn't really fill his lungs or something. I don't know. I have no, no idea. Or, or he could have been dead in a way or unconscious and it was just nerves. I don't know. Just, he looked pretty yeah. alive, but I mean, like he wasn't like he was know. moving a ton, but whatever it was, it was pretty intense. No, I mean, um, in the grand scheme of things, that's not forever, when you, but it felt like forever. Right. Um, but anyway, that it, elk down, got it done. And, uh, what a great moment to be like, wow, holy moly, that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we talk a little about the arrows too. I think that I'm used to those five fifties that just zip through. First one did went from all the way through back, like everything. Second one got caught on a, the fletching got caught on a rib going out and almost peeled the whole one whole fletching off. So it was sticking when he turned, I remember seeing 28 inches of arrows sticking out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fletching. And then the third one, I think, zipped through. And then the fourth one, uh, was surprisingly, even at 25 yards, didn't go through. But that wasn't the same broadheads I'm using. Oh. Um, but for me, I was kind of like, that's I, that's not the performance I want to see. I mean, granted, that's 56 yards, too. That's the problem with all this stuff. It's so anecdotal. Right. How do you know? But uh, anyway, I wasn't like over the moon with that arrow performance. Like, I want every arrow to go all the way through, like, pronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he rolled and broke one of those arrows. Um, you know, I'd, I'd skipped one off the ground at the range before and it had bent stuff. I think the durability where I'm getting to is the weight and the durability of those arrows. The axis four millimeters is just not quite what I want. Um, yeah. they're so unbelievable. Go back next year? Good spine, unbelievably other good stuff, but like, I'll probably go back to the heavy, heavy stuff. Five fifties. Um, yeah. Just cause I don't, you know, I don't know. So, but anyway, I mean, they worked out. They worked fine. We ended up finding three of the four arrows, no problem, even though they zipped through. So one zips through apparently too well. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'll go back to your previous arrows? The day sixes? I mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, the other thing is I think that outsert system, the ethics archery stuff is cool, but the day six outsert interlocks at the tip, like the two, the insert and the outsert, um, screw together and i I mean you saw that i shot that thing into a tree Mm -hmm. just dead nuts and we dug it out with a knife dead perfectly straight um i did some stupid stupid things with those aluminum outserts on the day sixes and they lived through it um and it's not like that's not what i care about in an arrow is that it lasts forever it's that when i think about putting something through if you i don't think guys realize this but you're making a 50 50 bet when you shoot an elk broadside through the ribs that you're going to hit bone or not right like you know and so if it punches right through the middle of a rib or it punches through part of a shoulder blade like i just want 100 percent certainty that that thing's not going to bend or break or and i just didn't quite feel like that strength was there with the ethics archery stuff in the four millimeter the five yeah. millimeter they seem pretty strong but the four millimeter micros just like got a few bent ones i mean i think they're using they don't say what type of aluminum. I think it's 6,000 series, not 7,000 series. It's just not quite as strong. Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah. So four arrows, one raghorn. Oh, we, yep. we named it the unicorn. Yeah. Um, crazy because bull. it had this crazy antler. Like the one, the one, the right antler came out of its skull in normal place, but then the left one yeah. kind of comes out, not straight out of the forehead, but like a little bit. Almost left. like unicorn status. <laughs> I know it was very, very weird. It must have had an injury at a young age or something. Yeah, it's a um, very unique bull. Really unique. It was like a four by five, but uh, I mean, typical raghorn, but such a crazy, 
crazy look to it. Um, yeah. It was funny because in the moment you can't, you don't even like look at that stuff. You're just like, oh, points. Yeah. Bull. Yep. Good. Yeah. And it was amazing because going into the season, you really, you had already that had that thought already like i just want a raghorn bull like yep. you know that's gonna that's a good eating bull like i'm not gonna pass him up we got yep. josh just tag margaret's tag it's like and that's yep. exactly what happened and the first weekend we went out totally yeah, yeah and it's uh it was weird too because that that's the only elk i've had ground shrinkage on but he looked bigger than that to me it might have just been because that antler was at a weird angle and out and but when I saw him, I thought, oh, this is a good size raghorn. Yeah. And he, when we got up there, I'm like, no, this is a small, you know, average raghorn. Yeah. Um, so it was really funny because of all the, I mean, it's great. That's the bull that happened too. But yeah. Like, okay. And then uh, it was amazing. We started butchering it up. No flies at all. It was cold that night. We just yeah. got to put the meat up and let it all just cool down. I think that was the best elk dress butchering experience I ever had in my life because we still had an hour of sunlight. It was perfect yeah, it was in the meadow, just beautiful level ground, pink sunset, level ground, no trees around it, yeah. all wrapped up. It was just, oh, yeah, no flies. Like you said, it was getting cool enough. They're already gone, but it wasn't cold. It was, it couldn't have been better. It was such a cool night for us just to get to work. And we got it done in under two hours. It's like record thing. time. Yeah. I mean, we didn't bone out. We didn't even take the legs off or the head off. We just literally got everything off and into bags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we made, I think the right decision, but man, it was a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, I actually nine, really it, enjoyed it. Uh, uh, it was, I was a little, well, there was a moment or two. We'll talk about it. This is, you know, guys are tempted to tune out. No, there's some good learnings from this. Um, but yeah, we're like, we got to get a, got to get this elk, a load out tonight so we can come back and get the other load tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause then we can get out of here midday, Monday, get back in time to rest up, go to our jobs. Yeah. Um, and you were a great sport about it too. I remember thinking that I was like, man, I just shot Josh really wants his first stinking elk. And I just shot a raghorn based <laughs> off a coin flip, but you were, you were pretty stoked. Oh, I, you I also was that, so that I could help stoked. you the next week too. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I was so yeah. stoked. I was, I was like, yeah, it was just so cool to get. And then when we were packing out, I, I think I had a much better time because I wasn't the one leading the way, trying to find out how to get out of there. And yeah. you were the one having to do that. Yeah. You were just kind of going with, <laughs> I was yeah. just following you, you know, you probably had way too much confidence in me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I'll actually know exactly how to get out of here. And you're over here like, oh man, it's a pitch black. <laughs> like there's no moon at all. And so when you yeah. look up the full Milky Way is just horizon to right horizon. there. It was beautiful. I remember I was packing the, out, oh, yeah. looking up and just thinking, I, I'm never going to forget this. Like, this is a beautiful yeah. night. We're packing out a bull in elk country. Yeah. Wow. That was one of the more special nights. There's just the amazing butchery experience. Having you there again, <laughs> like not yeah. too far from where the other one was. It was like, uh-huh. this is awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we, the decision, right? We had camp. Oh, I'm trying to think how to visualize this again. You know, put your, put your palms together in a V. We're on the left side of the valley camp is slightly down the ridge from us but to get back to the cars the cars are like you know past your palms way down the valley mm-hmm. so the decision was let's take one load out and i remember even down at camp remember this i was like i feel so good about tonight i'm staking out my tent and i'm fully zipping it up because i'm like i could just leave it here for the next week if we shoot one <laughs> and we need to pack it out remember that yeah yeah we can come back the next week and camp there again yeah <laughs> come back the next week and camp there again i do remember that and so we'd already made that decision we had all our stuff and we're like cool we're not going we're bypassing camp we're staying high and we're traversing 
Uh, and we're going back to the car and we had two decisions down in the valley below. We know there's a trail. Um, I haven't, unfortunately I'm on X. I didn't bring the GPS this year, which we'll talk about in a minute. It's a scary decision. I had never, I didn't know exactly where that trail was. And so I had two options. One was dive into that valley and potentially go through some truly nasty stuff with a heavy load and try to find that trail. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that on a pitch dark night. Cause it's, you know, trails, this isn't like an established trail. This is a really faint, almost like borderline game trail that people walk on. Right. Um, is that a fair description? You think, um, it gets smaller in the beginning. It's pretty good. Yeah. And then it gets a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's real yeah. smaller. Yeah. And so the other option is just stay high on this hillside. It's a South facing hillside in Idaho. It's open. There's really no trees up there. Um, and I'm like, Hey, well, we're going to take the risk-free option and stay high and then dive right at the end. Like you said, the trail's better. It's closer to the car. But the problem with that is that what we end up doing is bypassing camp. We have our jackets, but we don't have anything safe. And so what I realized is we get to, we get out there and I look down, I have like 25% on my battery. And hey, when that dies, I don't have a GPS. And by the way, we have nothing to sleep with. So I'm like, wow, we just got into a really gnarly situation here. If some of us breaks a leg or something happens, we have no way to mark it. We don't know where we are and we have nothing for that guy to like live through the night with. <laughs> so that's why my head's, you probably weren't thinking that. That's where my head's going real quick. I'm like, son of a gun. Um, and then to top it all off, it ended up being this like horrific kind of off camber traverse the entire way through like a really, one of those gullies was nasty, pretty steep, nasty. Remember that? Yeah. And I actually um, like something to my left knee. I didn't tweak. I didn't like, it wasn't like an acute, like, tweak or like anything like that but i think it was just that off camber like just traverse on no trail for so long with that heavy pack and my knee just bending inward yeah. repeatedly something tweaked a little bit in there but yeah 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 it was it was a, it was a, it was a difficult pack out um just yeah. being so cool at night though made it a little bit better but yeah i think once we got past the mental stages for me once we got past that really nasty ravine i felt okay i'm a little better and then you know, once we got to the end of that long traverse, I'm like, okay, hey, it feels better. Um, and then yeah. once we hit the trail, it felt amazing. You know, we, we had to dive through some nasty stuff. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but you know, we still didn't know 100% where we were uh, in relation to the trail. And then when we found that trail, that was one of the best feelings on earth. It was like, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. Game over. Um, so, but this, the story still goes on, still gets better. Uh, so we get out down to the trail. We're high-fiving now. We're like, we just pulled that off. I mean, I think in hindsight, I'll always carry a battery stick if I'm not bringing the GPS, which then is like, well, the GPS probably weighs as much as the battery stick. I don't know. Um, just a, just a thought for guys, like think through your potential exposure. Cause that's, that was a bad situation. I mean, the odds of that going bad are like less than 1%, but I was just like, wow, I'm rolling dice full on right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not good. Uh, so we get out, we got to the car, we we're jacked. We're like, we did this. It's what, like 11 or 1130 or something like that. We got to the car late. Yeah. PM. Late. Yeah. Very late. Yeah, very late. Hop in the car, drive back to where we are, wake up D pound on the camper. <laughs> hey, we got an elk walking through the whole story. Get all fired up. We're getting, we're getting chill. It's like 12, 1230. It's about time to go to bed. Um, <laughs> we put the meat over where we kind of keep it. And he had his head there for two or three days, two days now. Right. Yeah. Well, not two days, like 36 hours. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's a long time for that to be sitting there stinking. 
because he's had it wrapped in a plastic trash bag and it's full on rotting. Um, okay. I put my stuff down there. And as we're walking back to the car, something big blows through the brush, like 20 yards to the left of the parking area. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, in hindsight, I think it was that deer. I don't know, but I'm now fully wide freaking awake. Uh, and this is where the story gets really entertaining. So yeah. you go into the camper to go sleep. I'm going to bed. I'm like, I'm just going to go check on that meat. Cause that might be something trying to take it. And like, darn you, if you try to steal my meat, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So what happened? Yeah. I'm walking up towards the meat <laughs> and these two jokesters from the year before had these tacks that they put in trees so they can reflect <laughs> and get to their whitetail stand. And they'd put unbeknownst to me, they'd put two tacks eye width apart at eye height in a tree just to screw with someone. Mm-hmm. And it could not have panned out any better <laughs> because I'm fully thinking there's something messing around the meat. It's 1230 in the morning. I'm alone walking over here. I look up and I get two perfect eye reflections at like 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you too, it's like, I'm pretty confident normally that nothing's going to get within like 60, 80 yards of me when I've got a bright flashlight on. So to like look up and see something at 20 in the dark timber like that, like that really messes with you. you know? <laughs> what did I scream? I think I said, Josh, I've got eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I run out there. Yeah. You come bailing out. I've got the gun got out. Gun. I'm like, this is <laughs> happening. I'm about to unload all 12 of these little tiny nine millimeters into this thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not moving. It's not moving. It's a tree with attacks in it. Yeah. One correction is those guys, they didn't put those up to screw with people. They, put those up to screw with us yeah yeah specifically yeah. i think they specifically said our names <laughs> yeah but is... it didn't pay off till a year later so you know yep. if you guys are listening that was hilarious uh but also well done well yeah, done very well done <laughs> yeah it was not funny in the moment it was kind of funny later um because i was like you know after a long day at 12 30 i'm ready to sleep now i'm jacked yeah so yeah. anyway that was um, great that was great and then what then we slept till six yeah because d was gonna hunt with someone else that morning and he had to wake up early to tell him no ghost we got a whopping five hours of sleep and, and got up up. in and got the other load which was actually really cool all three of us there yeah that was cool we got up yeah. there got the other load i got the head because my knee was feeling a little funky and we go back to camp pack up all our camp load load that up and then yeah. we all hike our way out of there and i was getting real tired real hungry and yeah 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 got got all the way out and man that was a hell of a long day for me i think the place i'd normally dropped off meat excuse me it had uh even two days before d dropped his off there mm-hmm. but then i you know texted my wife hey can you call this place and get them prepped and they're, they're like no their their freezer's full so now i'm going all the way back to boise um to drop this off mm-hmm. I'm like great uh and so I get to go down with a burger, you know, AC on full blast with the jacket on the entire trip. Um, I'm pretty particular about keeping that meat, but long story short, don't drop the meat off till five, drop the head off at another guy to clean up and you know, he has beetles that eat it, you know, clean it up and bleach it and all that stuff. Like I didn't get home till like seven or something. So I was absolutely wrecked. Wow. Yeah. You must've been exhausted. Uh, yeah. Cause I was already, that was a, big weekend we already put in we went all over that area hiking up and down and camping and yeah going after them and then and then yeah it was just a long weekend and then 
for you to have to deal with all that the last day. Yeah. Yeah. I went back, got a burger, and then I accidentally uh, rear-ended someone's car. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a love tap, though. It wasn't a hard one. It wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a hilarious situation. I was so tired. I put my car in reverse, forgot about it, and I did it three times. It was so funny. So I hit her car twice. Um, did she ever follow up with you? <laughs> she did. She did. Yeah. I actually called the insurance company today. But <laughs> yeah, I was just exhausted. It was like four hours sleep, like the whole weekend. And I just ate a big burger i'm like yeah that was yeah yeah i think i ate a burger for lunch too that was a bad decision because that hour too like one to three driving home was brutal yeah and uh, oh that weekend was so I, I remember when i went home and i i got my journal out like i took a shower rest a little bit and i just started trying to capture all the emotions and the, the whole experience and i remember one of the last sentences or i wrote in there was like if this was my only elk hunt this year like if that was the only weekend i'm totally 100 percent satisfied that was just such a cool it was experience amazing weekend between the two elk and yeah really really stinking awesome yeah. and uh I mean, it was a cool like you know before we wrap up i think it was a cool testament to to two things that we learned from last year and we both one was relocating fast mm-hmm. you know, like getting your opportunities and i'm 100 believer that you don't really get two opportunities on the same elk unless it's a long time apart, like three days, you know? Yeah. Like if you bump them or you see them, they're just not there. And so we moved, we put in a crazy amount of physical effort and it was a really cool validation for me. Cause I remembered during the middle of it, when we were doing that other one, I was like, oh man, like there's a little stress of like, am I going to do the same thing I did last year? But, um, I felt, I think we, I was telling you that I felt amazing the last day. Like I still felt like I was tired for sure. But like physically I'm like, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to see that like transfer payoff. Yeah. That was really cool. And then also just that style of hunting of, Hey, they're, it's stinking hot. We haven't seen anything find water and just be super stealthy and play the wind. Perfect. Play everything. Perfect. Like it paid off. Um, so it was really cool to see like those tactics work out, um, early on. Cause like when you get there and they're not bugling and they're not doing anything else, you don't have any other options, you know, like you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, we basically was, hunted three completely different areas. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we all, we hiked all of it, did huge loops, glassed a bunch. Yep. We were on our feet and uh, yeah, that hard work paid off. Cranked it. So anyway, <laughs> fantastic weekend. Like we're all excited because I've got something in the meat locker. I'm done. Season's out. I've never been that happy to shoot a raghorn and be done. You know, I was like, this is, I feel awesome. Cause I get to help Josh and Margaret the next week. Um, yeah. That was, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. and yeah, me going back home and it's like, wow, Baxter and he both got bulls this week done. So it yeah. was like September 5th. We're like, Oh, so sweet. Wow. It doesn't happen yeah. often, but when it does kind of cool. So, yeah. So yeah, maybe we stop it there for the time being, but, mm-hmm. um, we've got a heck of a cool story the next week. Um, yeah. At least this experience times two, at least <laughs> in time and duration, for sure. Right. They're really, uh, really stinking cool. But I think uh, stay tuned for the story of the real deal, which is Josh's first elk. Oh, man, it was got, so crazy. This has got to be one of the coolest <laughs> stories of ever. I, I don't want to spoiler alert anything. So but yeah. there's some really cool stuff with that elk. So I'm super, yeah. very excited for the next one. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Uh, this is our recap series. I guess we're just going to do it play by play just to capture exactly what happened. Um, so yep. for those of you who've never been out hunting or, or maybe have gone a few times and want to get better, you can hear exactly like how it went down unfiltered. And then maybe we'll do some lessons after that and tactics and things like that yep. that we took from the year. But 
we're not uh, we're not pushing for time on these podcasts. We're going the full deal. So. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, this is where all the learnings come from, right? So we'll we'll take it one step at a time. Yeah. Well, I think that's this is the last thing I'll say is that I think that it's really exciting and cool when we get Paul on, you know, cool one of the world's funnest guests to listen to when we do a gear review episode when we do like a summary episode where you get so much stuff. But I think the real learning in elk hunting is it's the little things, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I can tell you all these strategies and tactics, but like when you just hear how each day went for us and like how we reacted and what we did, I think that's some of the best learning in elk hunting. So I think there's huge value to me maybe, maybe talking a little much, you know, you asking a lot of good questions and us <laughs> taking forever on these because I think this is really where the learnings come from, right? You yeah. can only, you only get a week a year if you're an average guy to hunt. And so if you can listen to this, you basically doubled your experience this year. So anyway. Yeah. And to get to hear it like play by play and your like internal thought process about what decisions you're going to make and why you're going to make them is I think just as important. Um, like for yeah. example, watching uh, chess videos on YouTube, this is kind of random, but seeing uh, national masters or grandmasters play live, but then them talking out loud through their decisions mm-hmm. is where you can like really learn about like how they're thinking through it instead of just like I don't know, watch, seeing the result at the end. So yep. yeah, we might take it a little slow, but hopefully you guys are learning a lot. We'll yeah, definitely totally. Feedback. Yeah. Well, it's uh five elk. It's number five. It's crazy to think of. I started this, you know, whatever time ago that was to think, you know, five elk down. It's kind of a cool, it seems like a big number. I don't know why, but yeah, um, never five. What, what a crazy way to happen, have it happen. But Anyway, we'll uh, we'll end this one and we'll talk about the most important elk of all, which is number one (laughs) for Senior Josh, which is coming up on the next episode.